From the campus of Stanford University, this is the Innovators radio show and podcast featuring one-on-one interviews with renowned thought leaders, founders, and game changers committed to ideas, innovation, and entrepreneurship well executed. Our radio show and podcast illuminates the struggle, breakthroughs, and exceptional outcomes purpose-driven entrepreneurs and game changers bring to industries, organizations, and lives. Hosted by executive producer of Stanford Athletics, Beyond the Champions, radio show, and principal of Podfather Media, Tom Dioro. Today, we are honored and excited to welcome Parth Trevetti. Am I saying that correct, Parth? Parth, perfect. Parth, and your last name? Uh, Trevetti. Trevetti. Perfect. Thank you very you much. This first time I asked on air for the proper pronunciation, so I'm a little uh, uh, misstep, but thank you very much, Parth. Uh, CEO and co-founder of Skylo Technologies, the world's most ubiquitous and affordable network that connects any machine or sensor. Trained as an aerospace engineer, Parth has led various missions and aerospace projects at MIT, sponsored by the U.S. Department of Defense, NASA, and FAA. Parth was nominated to the U.S. Delegation Task Force to the U.N. Technical Body on Global Aviation, the ICAO. Parth is a Bachelor of Science in Aeronautical and Astronautical Engineering from Purdue University, an MS in Aeronautics and Astronautics from MIT, and an MBA from Stanford University, GSP. Feel free to visit their website at skylo.tech, that's S K. Y L O dot tech. Parth, so happy to have you on the show today. Thank you very much. It's an honor to be, for you to be here. No, it's my honor entirely, Tom. Thank you for having me on your show. And it's it's interesting, by the way, that uh, you started with uh, the pronunciation of my name um, on the show. Uh, it takes me back to my time at uh, Purdue uh, when, for a brief moment, I had the opportunity to host my own radio show. Um, <laughs> on uh, WBAA-FM, uh, and uh, the producer at the time uh, was, uh, interestingly enough, he chose me, he asked me to choose my own screen name, uh, and uh, at the time I was called R.J. Patrick. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> on air. <laughs> and to, to this day, Tom, that's my Starbucks name. Is that right? R.J. Patrick. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> what a... Pleasant way to start off our show, Parth, that's for sure. Parth, what, you know, I ask on our show uh, for a quote or a prayer or mantra, and uh, I'll do so as well if you, you'd like to uh, contribute. However, also, I'd love to hear how far back, if you can see, you know where you are now in your life, personally and professionally, how far back can you recall that this all in some way makes sense from your even your early childhood? that this is something, what you're doing now is something that you envisioned at some level in your own mind's eye, even as a child. What's your thought on that? Uh, you know, Tom, that's a great question. Thank you for uh, asking. I, I don't think that uh, the exact thing that I'm working on was something that I had a clear vision on as a child. You know, frankly, I was, I was very surprised when I found myself in the telecom industry uh, that's not not uh, what I had uh, envisioned. 
though, of course, it's related to satellites and it's related to the education that I was grateful to receive uh, through the institutions I was with. And uh, I think the reason I became an aerospace engineer in the first place and I became associated with the aerospace and the broader satellite industry is uh, my, my father was actually trained as a pilot. Uh, and growing up, I was surrounded by members of the aerospace community. Uh, and I, I still recall when I was, I think, three or four years old, I had trouble going to sleep. Uh, my father used to uh, drive me to the airport uh, and I used to watch aircraft land. And, uh, and these are the benefits and perks of being an only child, Tom. Oh. I could get away with this. But uh, uh, <laughs> growing up, uh, I used to have uh, you know affinity for uh, aerospace, it, it just this, uh, you know, the fact I was born in India, raised in India, lived in the United States for now 50% of my life. Uh, and uh, air travel uh, is a subject that's very dear to me, it brings me closer to my parents back home. Uh, and also communications, uh, of course, satellite connectivity, just the, the whole concept of connectivity has been one that uh, I have uh, been associated with, and it's very deep uh, in my heart. And so over the years, uh, I, I continue to pursue uh, my passion in uh, aerospace, and that ultimately led me here. Um, Tom. Excellent response to that. I, I wanted to ask you, it's so interesting that flight and connection are still what you're doing, literally, with Skylo. It is connection. Yes, in, 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 in it, it was just a, a deeply gratifying uh, thought to bring uh, that first bit of connectivity to someone uh, that didn't have it before. In a part of the world where it was previously uneconomical to provide connectivity. Um, and uh, I think that's what really gets me out of bed every day to do this. Yeah, I like that, getting out of bed every day. Is there a thought that you've... If, maybe a... a a peculiar question, but when you when you do get out of bed, because we all hopefully do, uh, is that your thought in your processes? Is, is your company? Is your work? Is how you be of service? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think everyone is uh, uh, motivated intrinsically by some something that is much much greater uh, than uh, than themselves. And in this case, our our mission as a company is to never lose coverage. Uh, to provide uh, coverage and connectivity uh, to people, to things, uh, anywhere and anytime. And, you know, I think, I think uh, about the stories uh, associated with the work that we've done uh, and some of the lives that uh, we have. And frankly speaking, we've, we've only recently launched a commercial uh, network here. Um, so there's a lot more work uh, that we have to do. But just seeing sparks of what's possible uh, get me and get my team excited. Um, so, so yes, when I, when I wake up, frankly, after checking all my emails and all my phones and, uh, uh, all of the good things that we do, uh, on, uh, on our phones when we wake up, uh, I think, uh, you know, my, my prayer is, uh, you know, how, how can I, um, uh, sort of be of service to my team, uh, and, uh, to, um, uh, to the world in, in, in many ways, um, with what we're building. I love what you had said. Uh, everything what you're saying is terrific, and I mean that sincerely. Is sparks of what's possible? Hmm. Can you share that what, what that means to you as well? Sparks of what is possible. Uh, so I'll, I'll tell you a story. Um, you know, we uh, and and just for context, 
when we started the company, we said, how do we bring connectivity to existing chipsets? Uh, how do we bring connectivity to the mass market? Because satellite previously has been a very uh, niche uh, subject. Uh, it It's previously been so expensive to buy a satellite phone or to buy, you know, these massive antennas that go on the roof of uh, buildings to provide connectivity. While at the same time, uh, Mo- mobile chipsets are produced in the billions each year, right? So we wanted to see, would it be possible for these existing mobile chipsets to somehow speak the same language as satellites? And if we if we were successful in doing that, we could drastically reduce the cost and complexity of satellite communications um, and put them in the hands of, uh, uh, of people through devices that they might already be using. Um, so in our endeavor to test that hypothesis, uh, we decided to do a real-world uh, study or a real-world uh, uh, commercial experiment in many ways, uh, where we provided, a, essentially for lack of a better word, a satellite hotspot that we had built um, to fishermen off the coast of India. Um, this was about a couple of years ago, frankly, just in the beginning of COVID, and uh, uh, we we uh, realized that this is a market that's been completely uncovered and unconnected. And what would fishermen uh, in India do for the first time when they had access to data at sea? And it was quite interesting. So the use case was very simple. Uh, you have your phone. You uh, have access to a satellite network. Um, and what are you going to do with this? Uh, of course, the, the the most important use case that comes to mind is uh, SOS, emergency SOS when you're at sea. And frankly speaking, every week, people lose their lives uh, in the Indian Ocean to uh, uh, severe weather, getting lost at sea. It's quite common, unfortunately. Um, and uh, the, the fishermen that we provided this to, in fact, just uh, over the course of our trials uh, with just a few hundred devices out there, um, we saved the lives of about two dozen uh, sailors at sea uh, who were able to call for rescue and the Coast Guard and the maritime police authorities were able to come and uh, get them when in one case their engine uh, had caught on fire and in another case they were drifting out uh, and were unable to come back uh, home. Um, so uh, just the, the human aspect of this is one of the, uh, one of the uh, um, parents of uh, these, uh, of of one of the fishermen who was uh, brought back from sea, uh, came and hugged one of my team members, uh, and uh, that was to me a very gratifying moment. Almost don't even know what to say with that because it's so significant that you're actually saving lives. Not a lot of companies around the world do that. Uh, what does that mean to you? I know you said it was very gratifying, but really, what does it mean to you to know that you are the leader of a company that did? that that's really your purpose? No, it's, it's certainly very uh, gratifying. At the same time, I'm very fortunate uh, to be surrounded by a team of uh, people uh, who think that way uh, and who, frankly, are very selfless about uh, um, how they work and uh, the fact that we're able to build this uh, technology and scale it uh, in a certain way where people can access it is very, very motivating to all of us. It's terrific. It really is. You're listening to The Innovator Show, KZSU Stanford. 
Our guest today is Parth Trevetti, CEO of Skylo Technologies. You can find them at uh, skylo.tech. That's S-K-Y-L-O dot tech. If you're uh, at liberty, Parth, can you share with us maybe some of the recent projects that you've worked on? You don't have to name names unless, unless of course, you'd wish to, um, to share with your audience today. Recent projects. I, I think the most uh, recent uh, 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 sort of project that uh, we worked on, and it's an ongoing project, frankly, Tom, um, is we enabled our service uh, on uh, standard Android smartphones uh, for the first time. Um, so our our customer, uh, which is uh, the Bullet Group based out of UK, launched uh, smartphones, um, and they just uh, uh, you know this is for the European market, uh, subsequently the US market and others. Um, these are standard Android smartphones. There's no fancy antenna sticking out of it. There's no uh, sort of extra power that it's using to connect over uh, the satellite network. Um, and for the first time, you can do two-way messaging, um, almost like you do on WhatsApp, um, while you're in unconnected parts uh, of the world. Uh, so we're really excited about that. The uh, service uh, uh, was uh, awarded uh, Best of Show at Mobile World Congress in Barcelona a couple of months ago. Um, and, and so uh, we're really excited about uh, that customer and uh, that project. How is it that you're able to, and I don't want to make this sound daunting, but to take that tremendous amount of work from the inception of Skylo to where you are now, make it so simple? To take that tremendous amount of work and make it so simple? Actually, What's that like for you? It's, uh, it's actually, there's a lot of complexity behind the scenes uh, to make this happen. In fact, there's a lot of moving parts in the whole uh, supply chain. Um, so it, 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 the end goal, uh, Tom, is, to me, the mantra is zero change in user behavior. And by that, I mean, you don't have to buy a separate device for access to satellite communications. You don't need to use your phone differently or hold your phone differently when you're using our service. Um, and as far as the device maker is concerned, as far as um, the uh, billing relationship between the uh, subscriber is concerned, frankly, all aspects of that we want to keep as is. Maintaining the status quo is so important to generate scale. Uh, otherwise, you know, you'll go back to the uh, mindset of uh, it, it's a separate satellite phone and it's a separate service than the one I'm used to. Uh, but to eliminate any changes to user behavior requires uh, quite an unfathomable number of partnerships and uh, connections between different organizations that are doing uh, tremendous work to make this possible. The culture at Skylo, how would you describe the culture? Uh, it is a culture that is uh, customer-centric, and mission-oriented. Uh, it's a culture that is focused on teamwork, uh, and it is a culture that uh, values uh, accountability and results. Um, those three items actually constitute uh, the cultural values at uh, Skylo. Is that what you personally embody as well? 
Well, of course, we aspire to. I, I think, uh, you know, if, uh, attaining perfection is uh, impossible or very difficult, but uh, it is certainly something we, we all uh, keep, uh, keep uh, pushing ourselves uh, forward towards. And frankly, it's something that we hold each other accountable to. Um, so when I ask my team for feedback, uh, I'm looking at these three, uh, at these three uh, sort of uh, value drivers, and am I am I, am I walking uh, the talk uh, as it were? Now you, you're uh, obviously the uh, co-founder as well. Can you share with us your your other co-founder? Of course. So we actually have uh, about four co-founders here. We have. Uh, um, uh, Dr. Andrew Kalman, who was previously the head of the space systems lab at uh, Stanford. He actually left Stanford to co-found the company with us, which, uh, again, I'm very fortunate uh, um, to have worked with him. Um, one of his PhD st- uh, uh, students and team members at the time from Stanford, uh, Andrew Nuttall, um, is uh, my other co-founder. He's our CTO, uh, probably one of the most brilliant uh, uh, people I have uh, the honor of knowing. Uh, and uh, our fourth co-founder is Tarun Gupta, uh, who was previously at Google. How did you bring these bright people into your organization? <laughs> if you want, I don't know if there's a, a secret to it, <laughs> if you want to share or not. But I'm curious, and I'm sure your audience is curious: is how how were you able to bring people so accomplished and so bright and so curious into you know Skylo? Uh, frankly, that's uh, that's that's the right way to phrase it. I I look up to all these three people, and I, I have learned so much from them. Uh, so uh, uh, the uh, rewinding maybe five or six years ago, I started working with uh, Andrew Kalman first um, at Stanford. I was a student in the business school. Okay. Um, but being an engineer, I couldn't really keep my hands off, uh, the, the engineering stuff. And so I, I used to, uh, go ac- across the street as it's called at Stanford, uh, to the, uh, engineering department, in this case, the aerospace engineering department. And I got involved with, uh, uh, a, a CubeSat program, you know, we, Andrew's, uh, a pioneer of the CubeSat uh, initiative, and we were launching CubeSats out of, uh, the space department at Stanford. And uh, I got to know him because he was the PI for the project. Uh, we were coordinating the launch of a satellite. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he's just such a great thinker and doer at the same time uh, that, uh, uh, you know, we shared uh, uh, a lot of uh, conversations together on why it's so expensive to communicate with these satellites that we're launching uh, why is it so complex? It, it just got us thinking about something. And then he brought in uh, Andrew, the other Andrew, Andrew Nuttall, uh, into the conversation. And uh, the, the three of us were, you know, spending time uh, in evenings over the weekends, uh, talking about this, uh, thinking about different ideas. While at the same time at the business school, uh, one of my faculty members, uh, Scott uh, Brady, um, who's a uh, who's associated with innovation endeavors. I believe you had drawer on the podcast in December. Mm-hmm. Yes, you did. Um, so he was, uh, he was one of my faculty members at the business school. And uh, Scott asked me, where do you go after class? Cause I don't see you much on campus. <laughs> and, and so I told him, Hey, Scott, I'm working on the satellite thing. And so he's like, uh, well, 
how would you like to get some class credit for it? And why don't you do an independent study? So he actually sponsored my research at Stanford, where I had the benefit of uh, turning uh, the work that we were doing with uh, the two Andrews into almost a, a case study on making satellite communications mainstream. Uh, so I'm, again, very grateful to Scott. And I met Tarun through Scott. So Tarun introduced me to, uh, sorry, Scott introduced me to Tarun, um, whom uh, ha, uh, the, the two of them had worked together in a previous life. Uh, and Tarun comes from the telecom sector. Scott himself is a, a serial entrepreneur, successful uh, founder of uh, the backbone on which uh, AT&T and Verizon networks run on. Uh, so we, we were able to bring together uh, you know, phenomenal DNA uh, to build this company. Tremendous. Tr great thinker and doer. You, you mentioned mm -hmm. both because there are great thinkers and I guess there are great doers, but without thinking. But to have a great thinker and a great doer, how were you able to identify what that is and how it looks like? Uh, you know, to me, uh, it is about uh, how someone articulates a fairly complex idea simply. Uh, and is able to then convert that into action. So in this case, uh, you know, Andrew, for instance, is uh, a phenomenal uh, electrical engineer. You know, he's a PhD, double E professor on the subject. Uh, and uh, he's, he's not only able to explain things, he loves, by the way, explaining uh, how things work and, uh, you know, uh, the sort of the physics behind it. Uh, but he's also equally adept at going in and prototyping which I found remarkable that we would discuss something one afternoon and then two days later, he'd come back uh, holding a prototype in his hands and, and he would say that, hey, I, I built this, um, uh, you know, what do you think? And I found that remarkable. In fact, I remember during COVID, um, there was, uh, you know, a lot of struggle, in fact, in some countries to find uh, oxygen uh, tanks for the ventilators. The ventilators were very hard to come by. Uh, and so Andrew in his garage in two days built a ventilator uh, using parts that you could find in a Home Depot. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. I don't even know what to say with that. It's just so just so <laughs> remarkable, you know, how some uh, some folks work. What would you say? Is uh, if you can recall, if you even want to, Parth, <laughs> a challenge that you thought may be so insurmountable that there's just no way, and then you actually achieved it. Um, I, I think there were many, right? I think uh, getting our service into mainstream mobile phones is something that uh, I thought would be a a very sort of uh, very challenging proposition. Uh, because, you know, you're working with uh, chipset companies to start with that need to speak the same language you do. Uh, and you've got to somehow convince them to prioritize uh, this particular initiative. And, uh, you know, you've got to get not just them, but also the OEM, the phone maker, um, to, uh, to get this to work and to accept this uh, new mode of communication. If you think about it, um, after Bluetooth and NFC, this is almost the fifth new mode of communication that's being added to your phone. So you've got cellular, 
you've got Wi-Fi, you've got Bluetooth. You could argue you've also got tap to pay, which is NFC. Uh, and now you have satellite. So it's 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 adding this new mode of connectivity on your on your phone. It's, it hasn't happened in in you know more than a decade here. Uh, so uh, you know I, I thought that would be a tremendous challenge, and frankly, it was uh, because there's so much uh, complexity that goes on behind closing the link with uh, an off-the-shelf uh, standard cellular antenna while not consuming more power than the phone is anyway consuming for cellular. To close the link with a satellite that's 35,000 kilometers in space, when the phone itself was designed to communicate with a cell tower merely two or three kilometers away, you know, it was a, a massive set of technical challenges multiplied by a massive set of commercial partnership challenges uh, so I found that quite uh, intriguing. <laughs> That's putting it mildly. We're talking today. <laughs> we're talking today with Parth Trivedi, CEO and co-founder of Skylo Technologies, the world's most ubiquitous and affordable network that connects any machine or sensor. Parth, uh, this is really a two-part question. One is, how do you turn it off if you're able to turn it off? Personally, oh, personally, your work and your life, your, your, just the day-to-day -day life, whether you do sports or hobbies, whatever it is, uh, if you're able to turn it off. Okay. Well, I, frankly, you're always, you're, you're always uh, thinking about something or the other, uh, you know, and uh, hopefully that's what you enjoy. Otherwise you wouldn't be at a startup. Uh, but, uh, my outlets are golf, uh, and, uh, uh, an, to an increasingly high degree, uh, spirituality, meditation. Share how those help and work with what you do at Skylo. Uh, well, I think uh, uh, a couple of things. First, firstly, on, on golf, uh, I actually used to be a competitive golfer. So when I was in India growing up, um, I used to play the amateur circuit. And frankly, I found it very stressful um, because, you know, there's a super competitive element associated with it. You're pushing yourself, you know, you're doing eight hour practice sessions the whole day uh, and so on. And, and uh, um, you're 13, 14 years old. Uh, uh, it's, 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 it was quite a lot at the time for me. I, 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 I enjoyed it less uh, under those circumstances. And then uh, about. Ten years uh, or so after that, when I was at Stanford, uh, I said, "You know what? I'm not. I'm not going to think about keeping score. I'm just going to enjoy the walk. I'm really going to enjoy the game. I'm going to enjoy the nature. I'm going to enjoy the birds, uh, and uh, I'm going to enjoy the walk. And as soon as I did that, I was able to actually uh, put better scores on the scorecard." Uh, than I had before, <laughs> but uh, you know, again, it, it's it's going back to sort of uh, shifting mindset here um, and enjoying, really enjoying what you're doing, putting all your focus into what you're doing, rather than worrying about the outcome. And to me, that is actually the central tenant also of uh, the Gita. So, you know, I, I spiritually, I follow the, the Bhagavad Gita and 
the core tenant is focus on your action, not the results of your action. So I think the thing that kind of uh, uh, keeps me uh, focused or grounded is being able to concentrate on the work that I'm currently doing without worrying what will be the outcome of that work and what will be the ramifications uh, if it doesn't go well uh, or it doesn't go how I want. Uh, so I'm trying to uh, rid myself almost of that anxiety uh, and that stress by just uh, maintaining focus on the current work at hand. Beautifully stated. Beautifully stated. I'll share it. Is there anything else you'd like to share with your audience today that you, we may not have touched on in your show? Um, no, I think, uh, Tom, you've, you've been very gracious, and I think you've uh, covered a lot of different uh, topics here. Uh, you had asked me in the beginning of uh, the show a uh, couple of questions around, uh, one was around uh, what is the, the mantra that I follow and uh, what is the uh, role of uh, service in my life. Uh, happy to answer those if that's helpful. So, uh, so yeah, I think mantra. I I had written down something in my wallet when I was uh, when I was a kid growing up. Uh, uh, believe in yourself, have trust in yourself, and be honest uh, to yourself. Um, I I look at those words uh, uh, all the time and uh, try and abide by that mantra. And uh, in terms of uh, service um, uh, and sharing. Uh, to me, service is a form of worship. And uh, to me, the the biggest service that I can contribute to with, uh, uh, you know, the knowledge that I've been fortunate uh, to receive uh, is education. Uh, I, it's, it's a very near and dear topic to my heart um, is uh, education of young children. Um, and being able to do that in, in many ways, whether that's teaching, uh, spending time, uh, myself personally, uh, or whether that's working with uh, certain organizations, uh, I feel making uh, others self-reliant um, is uh, one of the best forms of service. Again, the beauty of what you shared was outstanding for Thank you so much. I'm really honored to have had you as a guest on, on the Innovator Show today. Thank you so much, Um uh, a true honor and uh, a thrill to have you on. I hope we can do this again sometime soon, truly. Thank you, Tom. That was fun. Uh, pri privileged to be on your show. Thank you very much, Forth. You've been listening to The Innovator's Show. Our guest today has been Parth Trivedi, CEO and co-founder of Skylo Technologies, the world's most ubiquitous and affordable network that connects any machine or sensor. For more information, feel free to visit skylo.tech, again, S-K-Y-L-O dot tech. You've been listening to the Innovators Podcast and Show. I'm yours truly, Tom Dior. Thank you for listening. The Innovators Radio Show and Podcast is recorded at Stanford University Studios in Stanford, California, and on location. The audio engineer is Eris Chikopoulos and chief engineer Mark Lawrence. And the executive producer of The Innovators is Tom Dioro.